Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is continuing to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. From Inc.com to MSNBC's Your Business, Fit Small Business, uh, People First, and and many more, Um, these organizations have identified Accelerate Your Business Growth and added it to lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This is really uh, due in large part to the guests that I have had the pleasure of speaking with over the years. These are folks who give of their time and their knowledge to join me in a conversation so that all of you can do better things in your business. Today is no different. My guest today is Lynette Reed. Lynette has mentored people from a variety of organizations, including businesses, not-for-profit organizations, schools, allied health agencies, chambers of commerce, government entities, and churches. She's taught courses on world religion and world cultures and also continuing education courses approved by the American Planning Association for Ethics, HRCI, and team building leadership training sessions approved by the Texas Education Agency for continuing education of teachers, superintendents, and school board members. Her current literary contributions include an executive summary paperback titled Fixing the Problem, Making Changes in How You Deal with Challenges, as well as book contributions, syndicated articles, and guest radio appearances, and a series of children's books with Abington Press. Thanks so much for joining me today, Lynette. Hi, how are you today? 
I am great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm actually uh, at home. I've been traveling a lot lately, and today I'm actually home in Central Texas, and we're having a very nice little rainstorm. So if you hear some thunder in the background, uh, you'll, you'll be par <laughs> participating in my, uh, my rainstorm with me. I had that yesterday, and I think I'm getting it again this afternoon. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting it from you. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got about two or three days, but we don't complain too much here because if we have a lot of rain uh, in this time of the year, it makes July and August a lot more doable. <laughs> it it kind of cools oh, it down. Oh, really? Yeah, it kind of cools it down. So if, uh, uh, if we have a, a little bit milder, not yeah, I mean, it's still 100, but you know, it's not 110, <laughs> so we'll take that. I would imagine. Yeah, I guess he's oh all my relative, gosh. right? Yeah, so. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> but, but we do like okay. it. A lot of times in July and August, we will sneak up uh, to uh, Colorado uh, up in the mountains because it's a little bit cooler up there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we, we like it up there. It's a pretty nice area. I bet. Wow. Okay. So I, today we're going to be talking about critical thinking, which is is such a fabulous topic and unfortunately something I'm afraid too many people are not actually doing uh, or engaging in. And so I'm wondering if you would define for the listeners what critical thinking actually is. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's the interesting thing is critical thinking skills, the, the, the general term for it or the description of it is how you see the world in a broader way. And so to me, what, it, what, what I think of when I think of critical thinking skills is how do you take something that you're looking at and see it from many, many, many different views and many, many different uh, situations? Because if you think about it, uh, one of the mentalities that we have right now a little bit in our society is let's just put our heads down and get our work done. And so that's kind of a, a narrower view. If you're talking critical thinking skills, you're talking about people who can say, okay, if we've got this problem, what are all the possible scenarios that we can come up with to make it work better? And how can I, in my self-awareness, figure out how to do that? And that includes thinking about logical sequencing, has to do with um, your own perception of the world, being able to look at other people's perceptions, things like that. So critical thinking skills uh, for business owners is actually a pretty, I think, important thing to have just in that when you have critical thinking skills, um, you're able to connect things better. You know, you're able to say, okay, here's a problem we have. What's the multitude of solutions we can come with, with to make that work the way we want it to more efficiently? You know, how do we, how do we, in, increase our customer service by the way we act and what can we do in the right. way we act to make that happen. So that's kind of the, the short answer for the critical thinking skills question. And then it gets much, you know, obviously broader from that perspective. I think it's, it's so interesting because I, I think um, just last week I was talking with some people, we must've been talking about flying and then all those stories come up about where people in the moment, are, you know, that we're training people to follow a very specific structure instead of using common sense and good judgment and thinking on their feet, and, it, and it's creating real problems for organizations from a customer service standpoint and just from optics. 
Yeah, um, you know, I was recently having a discussion with a couple of colleagues and, and we were talking about this idea. I think it's called, uh, most people are calling it binary thinking. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar. Yeah. And so to me, you know, it, it kind of falls in with that whole technology thing that we're talking about is, is if people are only thinking in ones and zeros and you have to either be a one or a zero, then you're going to obviously not have the opportunities and options as a business. And so like, for instance, uh, you see it on our social media, how, you know, whenever somebody has a stand on something, it's like, that's the only stand and nothing else is valid. So if you're not, if you don't agree with that, you're, you're, you're gone, <laughs> you know, and, exactly. so, and same thing in politics. It's not, you know, we're not, we're not, well, okay, you can be a Republican and a Democrat, or you can be a moderate and then we can all work together. It's more, you're either a, a Democrat or a Republican or, you know, whatever your choice is for that. And that, I think you're right, that kind of thinking is really making it more of a challenge for us to find things like connectivity with each other, um, you know, how we do our customer service, how we uh, treat people. And it, it, to me, it kind of falls into that whole thing that I do a lot of my work in, which is kind of the com community building aspect, uh, which includes soft skills and things like that. Right, right. Because it makes it really hard to cooperate and collaborate and, and really work together to get something done because it, it and nothing is really black and white. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very much shades of gray. And the more shades you can see, you know, the easier it's going to be. In fact, uh, I was having a talk with uh, somebody the other day about, we were talking about perceptions. And uh, the example I always think of is I used to travel to El Salvador, haven't done it in a while. But the first time I went, it was right after the Civil War, and then they had the earthquakes. And so things were, they were stable, but it was still, you know, it wasn't, they hadn't quite recovered. And so we were staying at a, you know, fairly nice hotel there. It was safe, but, and, and you could be around town, but you couldn't go up in the mountains. And so we walked one day, we went out, a group of us, and we walked one way and we were like very impressed. You, you walked and there was uh, uh, maids uh, in their uniforms out sweeping these you know, beautiful buildings that were, you know, kind of, they were behind walls, but, and then there were uh, guards standing in front of each of the homes. And so it, it portrayed El Salvador with all this wealth and, and just a very quiet, peaceful neighborhood. And then whenever you went the other direction, the, the next day, there were homes with cardboard boxes and things like that. And so, so if I'd got, you know, if you, if you go into the city and you see it over here, then all you're going to see is the one side. But if you go to the other side, that's all you're going to see. But then if you see the whole thing, you know, you have this much different picture <laughs> of what, what the whole community looks like. And, and I think companies that are starting to recognize how, you know, the way we, we look at the, the, the global perspective of our business is really going to help the way that we do business. And it helps, you know, everything from customer service to employee engagement, all those types of things start to kind of uh, take, take on a, a life of their own. Um, in fact, there's a book by uh, Santos Costa who wrote, a, it's called uh, Humanity at Work. And basically what he was talking about was that companies have a genetic code that identifies what they believe and how they do business. And so this becomes an intentional set of behaviors that you use to def define 
the soft skills part of your brand. And so basically what you think of is if you've got your product and your business plan, that's one layer of your company. And then underneath it, uh, there's this other one that's the, uh, the soft skills and the behaviors. And when you put those two together, it strengthens your company. So uh, even if you have a great business plan and a great product, if you don't have that other layer, it can really cause problems. Um, in fact, um, I was talking to one of the people I work with uh, uh, there in Dallas, and they work for a small company that has a really good product. It's a, it's a great product, but the, the boss tends to uh, have a, a style that is like, do it my way or the highway, and if you're not doing it my way, you're wrong. And so people at biz in his business, although they love the product, they get really frustrated because he's, he's inconsistent in how he acts uh, and he, uh, he, he tends to be more of a yeller, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so since, you know, they're kind of torn because here they love this product and this company and the people they work with, but they're having a really hard time because there's not that cohesiveness of, hey, how are we going to do this? And so if this, if this boss uh, understood the critical thinking skills of, okay, how do I connect all these people in a way that's going to make us all work together well, then to me, that's, you know, that's the, the part that may be missing if he wants the company to be really, really strong. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. So, so let, let's pull on that to some, some bit and talk about, how critical thinking um, really benefits the culture of an organization. So, so just like go a little further with that about the impact that that is having and the impact that critical thinking would have. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, the, uh, one of the things I always think of whenever that question kind of comes up, because that does come up quite a bit, is I'm gonna diverge just a minute in saying that I really think that um, a lot of times, especially in our society like we have today, it's a very, you know, for want of a better word, scary time in our society. There's a lot of violence, a lot of things that are happening that um, we did not experience 10 or 20 years ago. And so I think whenever fear becomes a part of a society, it does tend to make people more protective and more, you know, they're, they're trying to protect their space. And so I think that does in some ways have an impact on how people utilize their uh, critical thinking skills. Because if you're, if you're afraid of stuff, you're gonna be more closed off because you're just trying to protect your, your turf, so to speak. Whereas if you're able to say, okay, even though this is a scary world that we live in, we can take our company and turn it not only into a great product and a great um, you know, business plan, you know, fulfill our business plan, but we can also try to create a space within the violence that, um, that, that people can really come and flourish and be a part of society and connect. Because to me, one of the things that goes along with critical thinking skills is understanding the connectivity of people. So for instance, if, if, uh, if you understand that when you treat your employees well and you, you, know, you, you give them a sense of, uh, of a place where they can be creative and you nurture that, then you're gonna build something and create something that's different than to say, you know, you're kind of a, a, a boss that's inconsistent 
where you're going to cause fractures because people won't be able to trust you. Uh, in fact, one of the things that I work with is a, a model that I created back when I was working on my dissertation that has three aspects to it. And those three aspects are actually what I would say are the things that help build critical thinking skills for companies. And so just to go through them really quickly, if you're sure. talking, if you're talking about your business and how you, you grow it and make it stronger, um, what you're wanting to do is basically create a space where people feel safe uh, in, in being themselves, diversity, where they can express themselves and where they can, uh, can do the things that they need to do, but still within the boundaries of what they need to do for the work and the business there. Once again, we're talking about those two layers. You know, if you've got the business plan and the product, those have to be you know, focused on and, and maintain, but then you also want to focus on and maintain how you're pushing that forward so that you're creating the DNA of your company and bringing it together. So, so to me, you know, when you're looking at those critical thinking skills, you're, you're thinking a couple of things. First of all, you're wanting to say, all right, what do I want my company to look like? Because if it's not really defined, then you're, you're going to kind of be all over the place. And, you know, like when you do a business plan and all of that, that focuses you on your product and how you're going to sell it. But then you also want to do kind of a, what I would call a, a, a business plan for how you're going to respond to things. And so I usually call it a personal intentional mission statement. And this can be for individuals in your company, but it can also be for the company as a whole where you're saying, okay, what behaviors that we can control do we want to exhibit here? And so you might say, we have decided as a company, we're going to be friendly, efficient, you know, whatever words you pick. And the, the, the big challenge with them is they have to be ones that you can control. Like for instance, you couldn't say, I want to be happy because you, sometimes you really can't control whether you're happy. You know, you, you have to be able to say, yeah. uh, efficient. Yeah, you can, can control whether you're efficient or not. You can control whether you're friendly or not. Um, and then you kind of have to define them because what one person might think is friendly, another person might not. So, you know, kind of having that discussion with your company, with people in your company, or as an individual, if you're a leader trying to do some professional development and say, okay, when I respond to people, either my employees, my, the people, my, my consumers, whoever I'm responding to, if I say my, my word is I'm going to be friendly and helpful, or I'm going to be uh, you know, caring, whatever word you want to pick and define, uh, those become kind of the genetic DNA of the behavior of your company so that whenever that's consistent, people can say, oh, that's that company where everybody's friendly. Yeah, I like that one because it's easy, you know, to go there because we know what we're going to get when we get there. You know, it's kind of like, a, a, I don't know if you have a favorite diner that you go to or a restaurant, you know, where everybody's kind of friendly and you feel like you, you feel very welcome. Have you ever been like at a place like that where you? Sure. Yeah. So, so they have, I, I would say a lot of them have a very set defined uh, behavior that helps people to be embraced into it. And so that's going to help obviously things like customer service, employee engagement, uh, things like that, because you're able to say, okay, if you come here, this is what we expect behavior wise, you know, you, we want friendly people and here's how we define friendly. And that way people can build their skills around that instead of just them running rampant with whatever. And, and some companies are able to do this naturally. They don't have to do it intentionally because it's the, the leaders in the company already recognize this 
and know, you know, kind of how to do it on their own. Uh, and then the second one is uh, matching words and actions. So if I were to ask you, uh, which is more important for define, really showing people who you are, uh, your words or your actions, which better just defines that. What would your answer? I think be? action. Yeah, think exactly. Action. Yeah, I, I would say I've had a hundred percent response to that. Um, and then when I ask the question, um, okay, so how often do your words and actions match? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get a little bit different answer to that one. So, 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 yeah. So that one is that it's tough, but you know, when you think about it, if you're, you know, if you're in a company. And you have that self-awareness, which you know I, I look at as part of critical thinking skills. That self-awareness to say, okay, the way I act here is going to impact my business. Then you can say, okay, if my words and actions match, and also if my actions match the words that I've chosen as my personal intentional mission statement, then I am building huge trust without doing anything other than just doing that. And, you know, I mean, I think about how trust impacts your business. If your employees trust you, if your consumers trust you, I mean, you know, that's huge for how, you know, people see each other. And then the, the third one is uh, uh, not to judge people uh, or things as good or bad or wrong or right. And I've, surprisingly, I've had a lot of people I've worked with say this has helped them quite a bit because uh, a lot of times when you look at a situation, you're like, oh, he did such a bad job on that or, oh, he's so slow, you know. And so you're, you're, you're evaluating the person or the thing. And so if you don't, if you say, okay, it's not good or bad or wrong or right, it's different, but we've got to deal with the situation. Then you're able to say, okay, John did not get that done on time, which is true, instead of John is bad at his job. See the, here, I you can think that's it. huge. Yeah. So, and, and that way you're not devaluing your employees and you're also keeping the focus on the future because a lot of times when you do that, what, what I have found over time is it's, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon that when you say, John didn't get his work done on time. That leads you forward. Okay, he didn't get his work done on time. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix that? If you say John yeah. is a bad employee or he didn't he didn't do a good job, where are you going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're you sort know, of done what, at that yeah, point, right? That's right. That's right. It's all you know. It's all about John and what a bad guy he is and what the right. And oh Ugh. my gosh. And we can spend yeah. hours and hours, you know, talking about how bad somebody is or, you know, <laughs> what exactly. we're Exactly. So, so, so that hey, one, so, I think. So before you, wait, hang on a second. Before yeah. you go on to number four, I want to do the sponsor break. Oh, no, so there's just three. Just, yeah, there's just three. Can, oh, there's just three. Yeah, yeah, oh, there's just okay. three. Okay, sorry. Okay, no worries. Okay. All right, cool. Well, let me do the sponsor break anyway, and then we'll. No, you're we'll good. Go you're on good. there. Okay. okay. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. An example of a book you can listen to on audible.com is The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Lynette Reed about how critical thinking skills help your organization. So Lynette, um, 
Are there particular areas of a business that would benefit from critical thinking skills more than like other areas of a business? Well, I tend to look at uh, businesses kind of, I, I look at businesses as a, um, for want of a better word, an amoeba. <laughs> Have you ever seen them? They kind of, you know, they're eco, they, they move and they shift and they, they change around a little bit, but they're still the same thing. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so, so whenever you're, you know, when I'm thinking critical thinking skills, I'm thinking in terms of how does the business flow? So one day it might flow where it helps more with employee engagement, but then another day, if you're having problems with conflict, then you can, it'll help with that. And so it's, it's really, to me, uh, something that helps to keep the entire uh, structure moving along healthily. You know, if you, if you utilize those critical thinking skills with your, your little amoeba company, then it's gonna flow uh, stronger, you know, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna lose that, that focus that you have with your behaviors and things like that. Okay, so that sounds to me, I, I mean, I, I get it, but it also sounds to me like what, what business leaders need to realize is that everything is fluid, right? That, that their business is constantly evolving and changing, and on a day-to-day -day or, or hour-by-hour basis, there may be something that is going on that requires some critical thinking, so... Yes. They yeah. need, right? They need to be able to just to adopt um, that behavior, I guess. It, it, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times what companies do is they do crisis management. You know, yeah. it's, oh my gosh, there's a problem. We got to fix it. Oh, let's do it, you know? And you can use critical thinking skills with that because you're saying, okay, there's this problem. All right, let's think of all the possible ways we can do it. Who has the skills to do what? What can, you know, you're looking at everybody, everything. And, and that the wider your view is, I mean, if you think about it, if, if you think about every possible way you could handle a situation, how many would you guess there are? Like millions. I think it would be infinite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> And so, 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 so if you think in the terms of, okay, if it's infinite, well, okay, if I come up with 20, that's pretty good as opposed to, oh my gosh, there's only this one answer. You know, if we don't do yeah. it this way, you know, this is the way we've always done it. If we don't do it this way, it's going to be wrong. Well, if you take that critical thinking, you can say, okay, let's come up with 20 different or, you know, 30 different scenarios and then whittle them down until we find the one that, that fits best with you know, who we are, because uh, every company is so different in how they, they do things. And that goes back to that whole DNA thing is we all have such different uh, business DNA in our companies that to me, the, the goal of the critical thinking is to help to utilize skills uh, in yourself as a leader and for your employees, that's going to give you the best possible uh, response to any situation. So if you, you know, the, 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 the broader your critical thinking skills are, uh, the, the more able you are able to deal with situations calm and, and with some, some good responses instead of just um, jumping into it. And, and a lot of times when you just jump into it, you know, a lot of times you'll make a choice that actually causes more problems. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so I think that's the value of it is, is having that sense of calm and peace 
to respond instead of to react to things. So that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. So, which I love. And interestingly, one of the things that I'm hearing is that it's not just the leader who has to be able to have critical thinking skills. It's everybody. Yeah. I mean, just think about what that a business might look at or look like if uh, everybody in the business was saying, okay, we've got this problem or there's this conflict. Um, how are we going to fix it? We're going to, let's look at all the possible scenarios and, uh, and, and see who has the best skill sets. And let's look at the big picture of this problem and see if we can come up with a solution. <laughs> Get a company like that. I mean, that, you know, could imagine what that would look like whenever you're trying to come up with an answer. <laughs> so, It'd be great. Yeah. But then the leader has to, has to A, realize that it isn't their job to have all the answers. It's their job to help facilitate an answer. And they have yeah. to, right? They have to have their own self-confidence to really be open to other people having ideas, some that will work and some that won't. Yeah, yeah, totally. I 100% believe that. I think uh, the, the stronger your leader is at that, the, the, the better it works for the company. Uh, it can work for just an employee. I've had a number of uh, situations where an employee is just in a really bad company as far as the, the ability to kind of work together in that critical thinking way. And if you teach an employee that, then they can better manage in, a, in that tight situation they're in. But if you want the whole company to thrive, then as a leader or as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you're gonna want to say, okay, if I'm gonna be in charge of this, the best way I can make this work beyond my uh, product and my business plan is to really look at my, uh, the, the skills that my employees are gonna have and what's valuable to me. Do I want a company, what do, what do I want it to feel like? Do I want it to feel like a, 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 you know, a kind of a boring, uh, rude place where everybody's inconsistent, or do I want a place where people uh, feel uh, friendly, or, or people are friendly and caring, or you know, we we take we we care about what happens to our customers and our our employees. You know, you, you have to kind of define that, and I think that really strengthens up your uh, company. Uh, in fact, yeah. the best. Yeah, the best example I use for that is, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever been around house building. Well, I know enough to be dangerous. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a professional house builder, but we have some friends who build houses, you know, kind of for hobbies. And so uh, we go over and help them occasionally. One of the things I've noticed is uh, whenever they build the foundation, they put uh, concrete, you know, everybody sees that, but if you'll notice, they also put rebar in the concrete. So they, they put this little rebar structure and then they put the concrete over it and it kind of ho helps hold everything and keeps cracks from happening and gives it a little extra structure. So to me, the example would be that the concrete is your business plan and your product, but then the rebar that you can't really see in the concrete is are your soft skills, your critical thinking skills, and those types of things that you can't really see as much as you can see, you know, the, the product and the, the business plan. I really like that analogy. I, I can, I mean, that's terrific. I can picture it. And, and not just with house building, right? Because, you know, roads, that, yeah. that's how roads are done. Yeah. 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 So, Any structure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 And, and ironically, it's the foundation. 
Yeah, I know. I wondered if you right. I I, I, sort of, I thought I went. Wait, it's the foundation of this place. It's so That's good. right. Uh, yeah. Um. So so, what do you say to a? I mean, how does a company go about? It sounds like they have to be willing to invest in their employees, but I guess what does that look like? Like, how do people learn critical thinking? That's a difficult question to answer because um, the first step is they have to have the self-awareness to recognize that that's missing and know that they need to work on it. Because a lot of times if you don't have critical thinking skills, you don't have that self-awareness to know that that's something that's actually missing. <laughs> and if you don't think it's missing, then you know how people are whenever they don't think there's a problem, you know, they're not going to yeah. work on it fixing it. So I think that's actually probably the first biggest challenge is to really uh, look at how you, how you view things and see, you know, how you can um, make it so that you're aware of that. And, uh, and, and to me, that's why I, whenever I think of things like, okay, the words and actions matching the judge, no judgment of good or bad, wrong or right. And the personal intentional mission statement to me, to me, those are a really good way to kind of take a look at your um, uh, your critical thinking skills because to me those that's really kind of the things that uh, help you to to build those critical thinking skills or those kind of things because they help you to intentionally build that self-awareness into your your thinking and so uh, what I found uh. is you can teach it uh, and what I found is if somebody's motivated and really wants to do it uh, I have found for myself, they can learn it. It usually takes about a year to get it more embedded because it's not one of those quick fix things. Yeah. I think that's why it's really hard in our society right now is because everybody's so, you know, let's fix it right now. Quick, We want the, 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 the quick fix. We want the, the thing that's going to just fix it in one, one trip. And I think a lot of times you have to embed it into the DNA, you know, and, and that takes a little bit of time to, yeah. to do. So, so, but yeah, you know, if I were telling somebody who was just asking me, what can I do to get started on this? I, I yeah. would say, well, get, you know, go, and, and I have it on my website if somebody wants to, to go do that. I, I try to use my website a little bit as an educational tool. Okay. So if you, go, if you go to the homepage, about halfway down, it says get started. And if you click on the more button, it'll take you to a page that'll actually walk through how you, how you get a personal intentional mission statement. And so, oh, and that, that kind of helps build awareness. Okay. It, it gives you a chance to sit and think and say, okay, in, what intentional actions do I want to do in my life, uh, both personally for myself and then also for my company that want, that I want to define it so that when people think about my company, how do they want to feel about it? Do they want to feel, oh yeah, that's a friendly company or yeah, they're, they're really caring. They, they really take that extra step to, to help. And then define that. What do, you, what do you mean when you say friendly? Do you mean that you smile at everybody? Does it mean that you take time? Does everybody, you know, take a little bit of extra time out of their busy day to, you know, talk to the customer instead of just saying, yeah, yeah, we got to go. Let me, you know, let me answer your question. You know, you got to kind of define that. And then once you have that, then you've got your, your grounding uh, element. That's the thing that you're going to focus on. So when, for instance, if you have a conflict in the, in the company, or you get upset with somebody, instead of just getting upset and reacting, you say, okay, there's a situation that's going on that I've got to deal with. How am I going to utilize my personal intentional mission statement words? Okay, so, uh, so one of my employees makes me really upset. 
well, if my word is friendly, then I have to go to this employee in a friendly way. I, you know, I have to address the issue. I don't have to be, you know, uh, sweet, sweet and sappy, but I have to say, okay, this is a problem that we're having and we need to deal with it, but I would like to do this in a way that is caring for both of us. You know, you have to, here's what I need you to do. And if you can't do this, then, you know, we're going to have consequences to that because then you're not just going off the handle at them. You're, you're actually right. moving it forward. And then that kind of falls into the whole second one, which is the words and actions. Make sure that whatever words you pick, you're willing to stand behind them with your actions. And that's a hard one because whenever we get upset or we're frustrated, our first reaction is to just kind of jump on somebody, you know, oh, yeah. I want to get that done now, you know? And, and if we take that breath and just say, hmm, let's think about how we want to handle this behavior wise, then that automatically slows you down and takes your focus away from the fact that you're mad or you're frustrated and puts the focus on this is where I need to be whenever I have this conversation. I need to either be friendly, caring, whatever words I've picked. And that way you're, you're automatically building something into the DNA of your company that's not the reactionary stuff. And then if you make your actions match it, then ah, bonus, you know, because <laughs> then they know it, you know, you may know it in your mind friendly, but you know, if you don't show it, then, you know, they're going to kind of be out of luck about being able to see it. So, and, yeah, and, right. Yeah. And then of course, the and then once you've mastered that, which does take, it is a skill you have to learn, you know, some people yeah. have it naturally, but some people have to learn it. And then of course, the last one, which like I said, is surprisingly been one that's really helped a lot of people is not judging things as good or bad or wrong or right. You know, think about it, you know, as far as critical thinking skills, if you're thinking in terms of, oh, the situation has happened and I'm really frustrated by it. Now I have to make a choice. I'm either going to react and go, gosh, darn it, get that done. Or I'm going to say, okay, my word is caring. I'm going to be caring to my employees. I'm going to be caring to myself. I'm going to be caring to my uh, colleagues or my, my consumers. And you say, all right, so if I'm going to be caring, then my, what actions do I need to take when somebody frustrates me or makes me angry? Or if I get scared about something, because this can even happen, you know, if somebody's threatening or if there's a, a, a scary situation where you stay calm and you say, all right, how am I going to handle this? And then you have to say, what actions do I need to take? And, and, the, and I think with the no judgment of good or bad or wrong or right, what that does is instead of focusing on people and things, you're focusing on the situation and you're saying, okay, that person did this thing, move us forward as opposed to, okay, that person did this thing. So now I'm going to react to it because I'm upset. And so you, that the three of them kind of work together to keep it flowing. And when you can master those three things working together in your day-to-day -day life, then, I mean, just, you can kind of picture what it would look like, you know, and it, it sounds easy when I say it, but then when you try to, <laughs> It's a little more complicated. <laughs> no kidding. You are not kidding. And, and I get, I mean, I love all three of them, but I really, really like that one because it diffuses the, the reaction, right? I mean, it, it takes the, the emotion out of it because you, now you're just dealing with, like I always say to people, respond to the facts, right? It, it's yes. a fact that something didn't happen. It's not a fact that they're a bad person. Right. So that's exactly so that's right. an opinion. Yeah. And that way, when you're only responding to facts, you'll respond in a way that's unemotional and, and it's hard to argue with. And when you're looking for a solution, 
and that's your driving force, then it's not about laying blame. It's about resolving a situation. That, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm assuming you've seen that too with the people you <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of people are doing this. I, you know, I see it more and more. In fact, I always laugh because uh, I started doing this about 25 years ago. And when I first started, uh, you know, it was, it was in a, a little bit different uh, perspective, but um, very few people were talking about this stuff. And it's only been, I would say, in the past, well, it's kind of, it's gone a little bit more, a little bit more, but in the past five years that it has really taken off. And, huh. uh, and I, in, in what I, in my perception of it, and I wonder sometimes, and I have absolutely no um, support of this, uh, you know, but just kind of an observation that I've had is, you know, as our society does become a little bit more fearful and a little bit more um, like out of feeling like they're out of control with all the, the, the violent things that are happening. If, if mm -hmm. maybe, you know, we, we are, you know, it's in our DNA as people and humanity to find connections that make us feel safe. And so when you've got uh. a society where things are a little more uh, chaotic, then people are going to start looking for ways to feel safe. And, or, you know, usually they'll respond one of two ways. They'll either try to feel safe or they'll try to be, uh, very protective. Um, in fact, right. I have a great example of that. Um, there's a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Victor Frankel. He was a psychiatrist. Um, uh -huh. He wrote Man's Search for Meaning. Um, uh -huh. He was a um, Holocaust survivor. So he, he wrote about his, his picture of the Holocaust from the psychiatrist perspective. And one of the things that he said in his book, uh, and I'm not quoting it, but I'm just kind of paraphrasing it, was that when he was there, he observed there were two types of people. There were people who would share their last crumb of bread to help others. And then there were other people who would store and hoard their bread and, and keep it for themselves. And, and what he was saying was, he wasn't judging it as good or bad or wrong or right, but what he was saying is that you kind of have to decide as a, as a person which way you want to go. And yeah. for me, even though this is a very dramatic example, you know, if you look at your company, if you build a company where people are kind of are more of the hoarders, then you're, that's the that's the DNA of your company that's going to become. So if you're a leader who's like, um, I have to do all of this myself, I can't trust anybody, they're going to create that environment of distrust uh, that's not going to allow for those critical thinking skills to. Uh, bloom and flourish with for themselves or their their employees and so I think wow that's, that's a really huge good yeah yeah I mean even though it's a very dramatic example I think it's a really good example of how we have we do have some choice in how we're going to act regardless of how bad the situation is oh I, I agree and I and I think you know sharing that example and then you know talking about how it can impact a company I think it's so very important that that people realize the things that they're doing, the way that they're approaching situations is creating that DNA that you're talking about. It's creating how their company's gonna be. Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 yeah. Think, uh, as a, I think when you're talking critical thinking skills, the irony of that statement is that if you're not, if you don't have self-awareness, which is part of the whole critical thinking skills, then you're, you may not catch that part of it. Right. Yeah, so, so it's right. kind of like a vicious cycle, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. 
and and no one can tell you, right? Like no matter how many times you try and get someone to, you know, sort of look at it, they just they can't. They're ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, it has uh, implications too. You know, if you're an employer, uh, a business owner, and you're hiring somebody, you know, one of the questions you might want to ask in your interview is, okay, what would you consider to be some behaviors that you would like to see in a company? you know, or for yourself, you know, and then you can even give them a choice of a number and see, you know, kind of if they can give you an idea of what it is that they're looking for, you know, and that way, oh, you, yeah, you can't, nice. yeah, and that way, because you, you're wanting to try to build into your system, uh, people who match what you're trying to build. Otherwise, you're going to either have to retrain them to be that way, or it's going to put a fracture in your company. And so, if, you know, I think when you're hiring people, uh, checking for critical thinking skills and my asking a series of questions, you know, for critical, and you can probably Google that and find a bunch of questions for that. And then, um, and then uh, being able to see what their personal intentional mission statements would look like to see if they would match the ones that you have for your company. Okay. So, so um, that leads me to a question. It, let's say I'm a leader who is self-aware and I have critical thinking skills. Is there a, a method that I can use to introduce that to my employees, like to you know start getting them to use critical thinking? Yeah. Um, once again, I go back <laughs> to my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I probably do that because that's the one I use whenever I'm teaching people. So uh, it's probably, the, I'm sure there's many out there. So um, I, I think there's a, a lot of really great people starting to do work in it. Um, uh, one of the people I really like, and they're doing it uh, through a thing called the Presencing Institute. It's Otto Sharmer, and he's out of MIT, and he's doing a lot of really good work. Uh, on on that he's calling it different things but it's okay. uh, yeah but he's because he comes at it from an economist perspective so you know you have to decide what perspective you want to come at it from so I would say two things one um, go look on the internet you know one of the things that critical thinking skills has involved with it is being able to research and to learn new things. And so if you're a leader, one of the best things I think you could do to really get yourself started on critical thinking skills is to go out and learn things, you know, read books, uh, look on the Google, Google comments or, or uh, in areas that interest you and, and become a learner because that really helps to open up a lot of doors that you would have never seen or you wouldn't know if you didn't do that. So, so that would be the, the first thing you could do because that's the easy one. And then if yeah. you really start to do that and it, it really sings to you as far as wanting to continue the growth of critical thinking skills, then I would say, uh, you know, I, I use those three steps, the personal intentional mission statement, the words and actions and the good, bad, wrong, or right. And the reason I use those is because whenever you're trying to embed critical thinking skills into the way you do things, um, it's kind of like, it's like riding a bike. Uh, do you, I don't know if you remember when you learned how to ride a bike. Do you know how, you know how to ride a bike? I'm guessing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, actually some people told me that they don't and, I, yeah. I, and I've embarrassed myself because I'll say, oh yeah, you've ridden a bike, right? And they're going, uh, no. <laughs> so, so I, I noticed that. That's funny. 
Yeah, but uh, but if you think about when you first learned, you had to really think about it, you know, or if you learned how to play golf mm -hmm. or you learned mm -hmm. how to snow or, you know, any of those skills, it, it, it like hurt your brain when you first started trying to learn it. And so to me, that's what those three steps help you to do is work through that process in a very intentional way. And, um, and so I think if you start reading and learning and, and spending time seeing how other people solve situations, uh, looking into even things like mindfulness, because those types of things help you to find calmness. Uh, you know, there's a whole other debate in there, our discussion about uh, how spirituality plays a role in all of this too, um, which I don't think we probably have time for, but, uh, but I would say those are probably the two ways that I would encourage people to get started is the reading and, and Googling. And then uh, if they're, if they want to learn more about those three skills, uh, they should be able to go to the web, my website and, and see uh, some information about that. And then also that the book, The Fixing the Problem, it does have a, it's like the new version of it. It was when I first started doing it. So it's kind of an older book, but it does have a lot of the same kind of information in it. And it's only $3.99 on Kindle. So it's not like a, a, <laughs> a, a lot of money. Yeah, it's a pretty cheap uh, book because it's older, but uh, it, it does have kind of the outline in it. And just, you know, I say you could even Google critical thinking skills. How do I learn them? Uh, that's the yeah. beauty of technology is that you, you have so much information at your fingertips that you can use. It's so true. But speaking of your website, will you tell the listeners what it is? And, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes. And um, but so people can get to that. Sure. It's uh, www expectations and that's with an x i i s e x p e c t a t i o n s dash reality.com so www.expectations-reality.com cool i so appreciate this conversation i it's it's funny while we've been talking i've had these thoughts like buzzing through my head about people i know clients i've had workshops I give, like how to incorporate this in there, because um, on some level, I think that's part of what I'm trying to teach, but I never really, really understood, I guess, that that's really what it was. And so I'm going to be one of those people who's doing that Googling. Oh, good. Yeah yeah. 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 And then I, I also, I, yeah, great. I also have a bunch of articles on uh, business.com and MPUG, which is a technology company that people can read too, if they want to read some more of the stuff. So, but, and, and I'm glad, and, and yeah, if you ever need anything from me, just feel free to give me a call. I, I'm a firm believer that the more of us that are doing this out there, the better it is for all of our businesses. So, you know, I, I'm always happy to hear when uh, somebody's going out and doing this, this colleague collective work, uh, because yeah. then we're all kind of standing together to, to, to bring uh, the, the lens and looking at it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and learning. Well, it was nice to meet you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed our visit. And, uh, me too. Hopefully uh, talk to you again soon sometime. Oh, ab absolutely. And I'd like to thank the listeners and our sponsor. Remember, um, to if you want to get a free trial of audible.com and a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Please continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, 
Goodbye and good day. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.